Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show. I'm Ryan Huang. Now, we're a city buzzing with coffee lovers. You know, every corner you look, you've got a cafe, a kopitiam, a hawker serving your favorite brew. Well, a new player has just stepped into the scene. This congested, caffeinated landscape here offering a widespread, high-quality coffee at maybe just a fraction of your usual pricey cups of joe. And it's not just any brand, but one of Indonesia's largest coffee chains and their strategy, affordability and quality. But how feasible and sustainable is that in today's inflationary environment? And how do you compete in the market when there are so many brands out there already? While the successful Indonesian brand has just launched in Singapore this week, its second international market after Malaysia. So lots of questions and to get answers, we've got Edward Tatanata. He is the CEO and co-founder of Kanangan Coffee and it's also Southeast Asia's first new retail F&B unicorn, popularly known as Kopi Kanangan in Indonesia. Welcome to the show, Edward. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for inviting me here. Pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah, so lots of questions, but to kick things off, now you're running a chain with nearly 900 stores. So you've got a lot of work cut out for you every day. How many cups of coffee do you need to keep yourself going every day? Uh, typically, I have around five cups of coffee a day. And uh, usually it starts with an Americano in the morning. And then uh, the rest of the day usually is either a manual brew or uh, sometimes our favorite kanangan latte as well. So five a day, so you're number one already? Uh, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to get my first cup of a day using a manual, uh, you know, home espresso machine, but uh, it's okay. All right, hopefully <laughs> you get the next one soon. All right, let's yeah. talk about your company, you know, Kanangan. That name, I believe, translates to making memories. Yes. Mm-hmm. What sort of memories are you hoping to make? So uh, I think uh, one of the things about coffee is that uh, it's deeply ingrained in everyone's daily life, right? So whether you're working, whether you are maybe dating or maybe you're meeting new friends and we hope that uh, the cup of coffee uh, that uh, goes along with your uh, journey will be us, right? And that's why one of our motto here would be to uh, making uh, good memories together, something along that line with okay. the customer. And you're also making waves as well. In Indonesia, you are a pretty big brand, you know, you've got nearly 800 stores and then expanded into Malaysia. What is the game plan here? Um, so I think the game plan here, uh, ever since we started in 2017-18, we always believe that we want to create an Indonesian brand to the world. Why? Because Indonesia is one of the largest coffee exporter in the world, but it is exported as a commodity. So therefore, uh, we believe that uh, you know we want to export Indonesian coffee beans as a brand. Uh, because if you go around in Singapore, mm. London, or uh, US, you will always see a cup of Java or Sumatra. But when I ask you, do you know an Indonesian coffee chain? Nobody knows, right? So it's quite a shame for us, right? And that is why we want to spread our passion for Indonesian coffee to the world, starting with Malaysia, after Indonesia, and then later on Singapore. And we believe that Singapore will be the pivotal one, given the uh, regional hub nature of Singapore. Yeah, I guess the obvious question is, now, why should a customer try Kanangan Coffee? Because they are spot for choice. You've got the usual big chains, you've got the small chains, and in Singapore, lots of options. So what's special about Kanangan that you think will make it step out or step up? 
So I think first and foremost, um, obviously, is the Indonesian coffee beans uh, provenance that I, I mentioned before, right? Uh, yeah, there rarely ever you see a coffee chain that boasts about uh, you know high quality Indonesian coffee bean selection. And then second, I think it will be the uh, um, creative modern twist that we did to our coffee. In fact, our uh, number one bestseller is called Kenangan Latte. It is used palm sugar mm, called black iron. Nice, right? It's hundred percent organic. It's not syrup. And if you taste it, we had a media day the uh, two days ago, and a lot of people really like the taste of a real one hundred percent organic palm sugar. And then on top of that, we actually do a lot of FGD or focus group discussion before um, entering Singapore. We try to have a localized taste because most coffee chain I know, they try to just use a global recipe. But then that's not the case for us. In fact, for Singapore, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, the uh, Singaporean really liked our double shot Arabica. Oh, so okay. actually, just for Singapore, we do a double shot Arabica. Plus, of course, whether you want it with uh, just milk, okay, you can, or with Americano or with the palm sugar, which is our number one bestseller in both Indonesia and Malaysia. Uh, I can imagine why people like double shot. It reminds me of uh, Kopi Kao, right? Just a yeah. bit thicker, a bit more of a kick. I'm a bit surprised you didn't bring the Milo Dinosaurus to Singapore, which is on your menu in Indonesia. I know a lot of Singaporeans love Milo. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, in Indonesia, uh, Milo dinosaur is not uh, abundant. Mm. Uh, but then, however, in both Malaysia and Singapore, Milo dinosaur is quite everywhere. So that's why we actually started Malaysia with Milo dinosaur and Teh Tarik. But then we decided to uh, take it out of the menu because it doesn't sell very well. Uh. People uh, still come to us to buy coffee or mm. uh, ice blended. I suppose the um, I guess options are available for them to find it elsewhere. So let's dive a bit deeper into your business strategy and that involves keeping things affordable you no know, just i believe one dollar and thirty cents per cup no that's pretty cheap in indonesia what's it like in terms of prices here how do you place your pricing strategy in singapore who are you trying to target here Okay, so in terms of pricing, our first consideration is usually uh, disposable income, right? Or GDP per capita. And obviously, Singapore has, I believe, uh, Singapore has 10x more yeah. uh, disposable income than uh, Indonesia. So therefore, uh, we did the pricing quite differently than Indonesia. Indonesia is on $1.3. Mm. And because we feel that that is the right uh, sweet pricing, although it's not the cheapest, convenience store is usually cheaper, right? And you can get instant coffee if you want something that's even cheaper. In Singapore, we are priced at around three ninety, uh, all the way to around uh, seven dollar for ice blended. So we feel that this is a good blend of uh, people who are looking for just a good cup of high quality americano, all the way to the those fun seeker who wants ice blended with uh, you know our signature double chocolate mocha. So that will be the pricing point for us. Whereas I think we have some food selection as well. The price starts at around two dollar ish for croissant, all the way up to around five dollar. Okay, so price point slightly below the big chains and above the convenience store types. Or um, the kopi, yeah. Looking for, I guess, the PMEBs, uh, executives, students who might want a cheaper option, I suppose. I think rather than trying to find a cheaper option, because at the end of the day, I think a local kopi chain will always be uh, cheaper than mm. us, right? But uh, I think for us, we are looking for people who wants that uh, differentiated coffee taste. Lah. And uh, I think one of the key takeaway as well from us, despite the many coffee chain option, I think not many actually uses like a proper espresso machine. Uh, we actually use like a Victoria Arduino uh, Maverick, which is uh, the newest line of espresso machine from Victoria Arduino. Victoria Arduino so you're saying us. it's not like just uh, coffee chains where you just push a button and the coffee comes out? Oh no, of course not. Uh, we use a proper espresso machine that is actually used by the World Barista Championship. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, in conversation with Edward Tetanata, he is the CEO and co-founder of Konangan Coffee. Now let's 
take a look at that strategy, you know, you try and keep prices low. But in Singapore, prices and expenses are quite high, wages as well as rent. So how do you, you know, square it off and balance these pressures when you're trying to be profitable and yet keeping things affordable? How sustainable is it? How do you do it? Okay, so I think uh, one of the uh, key strategy for us is that uh, we are a grab-and-go player. Back then, uh, I started this company because I realized that drinking a cup of espresso-based coffee every day really break the bank in Indonesia especially. Because if you drink like a cup of uh, latte from a global chain mm-hmm. uh, every day, that translates into uh, one-third of minimum wage. Since I drink three cups of coffee a day, that is minimum wage, right? So it doesn't make any sense. And therefore, you know, we try to create uh, same, if not better, quality but then at a much, much cheaper pricing. And how do we do that is the fact that we are a grab-and-go coffee chain, right? Because if you think about it, a cup of coffee expensive is expensive because the cost of that comfortable sofa and fast Wi-Fi and spacious space is integrated into your cup of coffee. That's right. the business of coffee before. It's called third home business model. Oh, it's overhead. Right? Uh, it's the overhead. So that's why our first store in Indonesia is only 12 square meter, around 120 square feet, right? Hmm. Uh, it's very small. There's no seating. And that's why we can take a high COGS compared to others whereas we try to compensate it by having a much much lower rent because at the end of the day rent is always dollar per square feet if you have a thousand versus a hundred even if uh, you pay the hundred at forty dollar and then the thousand at thirty dollar it's still thirty thousand versus right. uh, four thousand so that's why that's how we are able to save value for our customer and that's where the app comes in as well you can order in advance mm-hmm. and is that how you also keep your customers around like creating that stickiness and loyalty mm-hmm. so um, obviously um, having the app uh, we Become, become very important for us because in Indonesia where we have 850 stores it becomes very imperative for us to be able to direct customers to where we need them right and apparently uh, due to our you know highly engaging loyalty program in Indonesia it hasn't been launched in Singapore yet uh, a lot of people use the app to actually uh, buy their cup of coffee it's a lot more convenient as well you don't need to queue you mm. just do pre-order whenever your coffee is ready it will be notified on your app and then you can just come pick it up and go right okay, talk about locations what's the business strategy here are you going to more residential sites or mm-hmm. more CBD side the city side mm-hmm. um, so I think in Singapore uh, we are starting with the tourist area for First, intentionally so, or the CBD area. Why? Because uh, we believe that Singapore is a global hub, right? Mm. Uh, the one of the, our key purpose of entering Singapore is we want this to be a stepping stone for our eventual global expansion. So next year we're we're planning to add uh, two more countries, right? That we open on our own. Whereas, and we want to have uh, franchise partners uh, globally as well. And there is no better location than Singapore in order for us to do so. Okay, and talking about people who are supporting you, you've got the likes of Jay-Z, American rapper Jay-Z, American tennis star Serena Williams, Facebook co-founder Eduardo Severin. Any more names you want to mention? <laughs> um, so uh, I think we uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to have um, all the reputable investors. Our first money in was Alpha JWC, yeah. which is the largest VC in uh, Indonesia. And then the second money comes from Sequoia, who is like a global investor uh, who have invested in WhatsApp, um, EA Sports, and others, right? And then of course uh, we were able to attack Horizons. It's uh, owned by Li Kaching. Quite an impressive list. So for an aspiring entrepreneur who might be trying to follow in your footsteps, how would you advise them to get hold of some of these investors? 
Um, so I think at the end of the day, despite the complicated question that typically in, an investors ask, uh, at the end of the day, they are interested in two things, right? Growth and profitability. Mm. And do you have enough total addressable market to support that growth, right? So uh, back then, uh, in 2018, 19, a lot of people see that we are able to open one store a day, right? We were able to have uh, close to 900 stores because we are able to open one store per day, right? We even had one month where we opened 50 stores, right? So more than one store per day. So, uh, you know, this is uh, something that people are really attracted in, this fast growth, and we're able to grow profitably as well. And of course, Indonesia, being host of uh, 300 million people, they believe in the total addressable market as well. There should be enough people. And of course, back then, they did not underwrite international expansion. But then now that we're able to expand internationally as well, Malaysia should have 40 by now this year. Uh, then obviously, by default, our total addressable market and growth will be um, amplified as well. Yeah, talking about growing, right? I've seen some brands grow very fast, but the quality goes down. How do you address that? So uh, I think first and foremost, we have uh, this thing called Kanal Academy, right? So every market that we open, we always start with an academy to train uh, our employee, right? Our Kenangan Academy in Indonesia has actually yielded around 5,000 barista in total, right? And then on top of that, we actually have this uh, smart manager system called Jarvin. It's one of our own proprietary technology as well. Because at the end of the day, for an espresso-based drink, uh, your biggest inconsistency comes from your espresso shot. That's why we, uh, the smart manager mandate them to calibrate the coffee machine, I think, close to like four or five times a day. Mm, okay, so on the sustainability front, how much of that is a priority when your investors are talking to you? Like, you know, you need to be more sustainable in the way you run your shop. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Indonesia, where we are already more mature, uh, that becomes a key focus for us. Actually, we have done quite a lot of program on this. One of the more interesting cafe we made uh, last year is uh, called a Solar Power Cafe where all your espresso shirt is made by solar panel electricity. And then on top of that, effective two months ago, we changed all of our lid to uh, RPT, which is a PET com- that comes from recycling, right? Mm. And then uh, or, and obviously, we changed it to a CPL lid as well. We encourage people to not use the straw. Obviously, this is just uh, one nice. small step, but uh, we, believe we have a, a very big sustainability goal by 2030, whether it be from energy consumption, we are sourcing coffee machines that uses less energy, uh, or whether it be we are trying to change more and more of uh, our cups into uh, RPT as well, right? So there are a lot of things that we are brewing at the moment. Mm. Uh, and of course, we are doing a lot of CSR, whether it's like, for example, one of my favorite coffee comes from Flores, and we are actually providing water there because we want to give back to our farmers who have given us uh, good, high-quality coffee beans with something as basic as water because there's no water in Flores. Okay, and talking about sustainability, right? climate change is a big thing these days, especially when you talk about coffee beans. It's a affected industry how has that affected your business actually when i came in you mentioned about uh you know there's a weather change mm. or in uh, india which is affecting crops right obviously there's a big risk to anyone who you know uses coffee beans or rice or whatever right so uh that is why uh, we have taken a very conscious strategy to actually never own a farm why because uh, a lot of people actually ask me, oh, uh, you have 850 stores, you use 1,200 tons of coffee, why don't you get a farm? Uh, but then, obviously, we realize that there's a, lot, a big weather change, right? Climate change coming. And we don't want to be stick with just uh, one farm. And we want to make sure that we are able to source from farmers and we can change the location of the beans accordingly whenever we feel that there is a price increase or there's a quality decline due to climate change. Yeah. All right. So lots of stuff brewing 
at Kanagan Coffee. We've been chatting with Edward Tatanata. He is the CEO and co-founder. Edward, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.